0: One of the biggest problems in gospel preaching is for people to get what God is trying to tell them. That they are sinners and their good works are unable to get them one step closer to God's heaven. You see, the standard of God's holiness and perfection is completely out of our reach. Our connection and closeness with God had been forfeited long ago when sin entered into the human race. But that doesn't seem to stop people from trying. They offer every semblance of good thing that they can muster together in their lives in an attempt to please God in some way. But it's of no use, my friend. God can never compromise His standard of righteousness. There is only one who ever lived who pleased God in every respect one who was perfect as God Himself. He was the Lord Jesus Christ. As the sinless substitute, He alone was able to bring us poor sinners back to God. What a wonderful truth this is. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey focuses on our works and what they really are in the sight of God. But then he leads us on to the answer to our dilemma. That is, the death of Christ on the cross for poor, helpless sinners
1: Like you and me. Now, if you have your Bible, we're going to read in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2. We encourage you to bring your Bibles, and if you don't have a Bible, we would be happy to give you a Bible. Because, as reliable as most men might be, all men can fail. The only reliable source that you can depend on 100% is the Word of God. And so we encourage you to bring your Bibles and read along with us. And if there's anything that we say that you don't think is in the Bible, then by all means, tell us after the meeting. And we'd be happy to talk to you. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And look at verse 9. Not of works, lest any man or lest anyone should boast. Now, you don't need to engage a high priced attorney. You don't need legal counsel. You don't need to go to the head of some ecclesiastical body to figure out what this verse means. By grace, you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And then it says, not of works. Underline, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, Paul, he's writing to believers. You know, everyone who's going to heaven has two volumes. Before Christ and since Christ. How many volumes do you have in your autobiography up to now? Do you just have one volume before Christ? Before I knew Christ personally as my Savior? Or can you say, thank you very much, sir, for asking. I do have a time in my life when I didn't know Christ. Volume one. But I will never forget that moment when I trusted Christ as my personal Savior and I entered into that permanent, vital relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when volume two started. Two parts to your life? Before Christ and since Christ? Anyone going to heaven? Two parts to their life. And so we're reading here in Ephesians 2. And take this from the word of God, not from Peter Ramsey. Some people don't like these verses because this verse squashes all the ideas of women and men about finding favor with God by their own efforts. I talked to people this afternoon and one man said, looked at the little map, there are only two places there. There are three places you can go after you die. And then his mother chimed in and said, no one has done enough good works to instantly go to heaven. They have to go to this holding zone and do their time there before they can get out and go to heaven. But in her mind, she thought no one had done enough good works to instantly leave this life and go to heaven. And let me tell you this. She was absolutely right. No one could do enough works, good works, before death to die and to instantly go to heaven. In fact, this is where we disagreed at the door today. We can produce no good works that will help us even get a centimeter closer to heaven. I am going to heaven tonight not because of any works that I have done. That has absolutely nothing to do with me going to heaven. I am not going to heaven based on my own works or my own merits. I haven't earned enough points, if you could earn points, to go to heaven. Heaven isn't on the point system. You might be able to fly to China or to Argentina with enough air miles, but you can't earn air miles to get to heaven. And so this verse squashes all ideas about human works, good works, to earn our way to heaven. There is only one way to heaven, and it is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago on the cross. So people don't like this verse because a lot of people just think they're pretty good and they just need to polish up in a few areas of their life and if they can get everything shining in those areas, then they have a pretty good chance to getting to heaven. I want to notice a few words here. The first couple of words I want you to notice, for by grace you are saved. Are saved. You say, now that's where I have a problem right up front. I must, might as well be honest with you, sir. I have some kind of a reaction to the word Saved. Because I've heard these people talk about being saved and I don't really, I'm not comfortable with that term because the term saved implies that I had to be rescued. And I don't really feel that I was that desperate that I needed to be rescued. Well, you're dead on when it comes to the definition of saved. It means to be rescued. You say, I would feel more comfortable if you use some other terms like a decision for Christ. If you said, have you been converted? You can ask me those kind of things. Have you ever been transformed? I don't mind those questions. But I'm not really comfortable with the question, are you saved? Well, just in case you think it's just a handful of people on the planet that believes in the word saved, let me tell you tonight that the word saved is an extremely scriptural biblical term it's not one that we have concocted or made up you can trace the word saved all through your bible back in isaiah chapter 45 verse 22 look unto me and be ye saved god says for i am god and there is none else you come into the new testament matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 she shall bring forth a son speaking of mary Thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Turn over to the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 9 verse 56. The son of man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So saved is all through the Bible, Luke 19 and 10. Jesus said the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So it's a very Biblical term, you come to the beauty of the gospel of John. Chapter 3, verse 17. God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be, what? Saved. you turn over a few more chapters to John chapter 10, verse 9? Jesus says, I am the door by me if anyone enters in. They shall be saved. It's all through the Bible. Acts 4, verse 12 neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. And when there was a big earthquake in Acts chapter 16, and the Philippian jailer was frightened, and he wondered how he could be saved, he came to the gospel preacher and he said, What must I do to be saved? And the gospel preacher responded, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The night I was saved. I was reading Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised Him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And if you just read down a couple of more verses, verse 13 of Romans 10, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. First Corinthians chapter 1. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. Let me ask you, are you saved? Titus chapter 3 says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, according to his mercy, he saved us. Saved. Are you saved? Do you have a moment in your life when you were rescued? From what? The Bible tells us that we all need to be rescued. Sin that started in the Garden of Eden in the human race. The devastating consequences of sin. We're all affected. We're all born in sin. And we all need to be saved. There will not be one sin that will ever enter God's heaven. And the Bible tells us we're lost in our sins. Chapter 2 of Ephesians says, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And it goes on to talk about our terrible condition, naturally speaking, in our sins. And then it says in verse 8, By grace ye are saved. Our condition is so terrible that we don't need just a patch-up job, not a band-aid solution that you need. You need to be saved. Have a moment when you're saved. Are you going to live another day without that moment? Do you realize if you're not saved, it means you're lost? Lost? Not that you're going to be lost. You're lost already in your sins. You are already perishing in your sins. Then it says, it's not of yourselves. It's not of yourselves. Our condition is helpless. Our works are useless. Couldn't be any clearer in these verses, could it? It is not of yourselves. It is not of works. Your personal best, you can study really hard and you can cram and study and study and your personal best will pay off in good marks in school. But your personal best in life will make you a better neighbor. Everybody loves to have a neighbor that keeps their grass cut and their their shrubs all nicely trimmed and their leaves raked up and their roof re-shingled when it's time for re-shingling. It makes you a nice neighbor, your personal best. But there are no reserved seats in heaven for people who have done their personal best. You might be flown to Ottawa and get the Order in Canada award for making a major contribution to Canadian society. But there are no seats in heaven reserved for recipients of the Order Canada. The only ones who will be in heaven are sinners saved by matchless grace. Our works are useless. Our works are soiled and contaminated by our inner sin. See, sin isn't an outward problem. The root of our problem is within. That's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 7. He said it so clearly that our problem isn't our environment. The people that make us do things. The Lord Jesus said our problem is within. Verse 21 of chapter 7 of Mark, he says, "...from within." Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, unbridled lust, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within. And so anything that we can produce ourselves has the greasy, grimy fingerprints of sin all over all our efforts. And so, The word is, it is not of yourselves. The well of our heart is contaminated. Sometimes there's a low spot in a field and there's a bunch of cows grazing around the low spot and there's some water collecting around the low spot in the field and you know what cows have done and added to the water. And let me go with a nice crystal glass and say, this is a beautiful glass and dip it into that water and pour it out. You say, no. Why? Is there something wrong with the glass? It's what's in the glass. It's contaminated. And whether it's a styrofoam cup or a crystal glass, if the water is contaminated, it makes no difference. There are many people, and they live honorable, upright lives. They pay all their taxes. There's no money under the table. They're honest. Like a piece of crystal glass, but inside their heart is contaminated by sin. And that's why anything that we can produce is absolutely of no value to God. That's one of the reasons why people don't like this verse. It is not of yourselves, not of works. You say, well, it doesn't seem fair to me. Like, I mean, I live a very good life. I, I've I'm, I've, i even cut out swearing. Even when I got mad the other day, you say, and I jammed my finger in the door, like I just controlled myself and those words didn't come out. And I really feel like I'm cleaning up my life. And I feel like I'm up here and I meet people downtown. I think they're but down here and I'm a little above them. You know, think of it this way. Let's say you came up here and I was standing here on the platform and you were standing down on the floor. And then the contest was see who could reach Jupiter. And I was up here and I was reaching as much as I could see how close I could get to the planet Jupiter. And you were down there on the floor and you were reaching. You say, that is ridiculous. Neither of you can reach it. And that's exactly what the Bible says. Romans 3 verse 23. All have sinned. All have come short of God's holy standard. And so nothing we can produce Can meet God's standard. Helpless condition. Our works are useless. You say then how can I be saved? By grace you are saved. By grace. No one else could save you. But God. Look down. Regardless of the lifestyle that you've lived. Regardless of the number of sins that you've committed. God. In his grace. And love. Sent the Lord Jesus Christ down to die on the cross for sins that He was not guilty of in order to show you the grace of God to give you something that you don't deserve, to give me something that I didn't deserve. That's what grace is. Undeserved kindness. He stooped down. He came right down past the Milky Way, down past our solar system, down past the planets. Down through our atmosphere, down to the planet Earth. We've had royalty come to Prince Edward Island. We've had the Queen, we've had Princess Diana, Prince Charles, we had Prince uh, Edward and Sophie come to Prince Edward Island. I'll never forget when they came. We went out to see them. They were nodding at everybody, and we were all holding our hands out. We wanted them to shake our hands. Princess Diana did. Prince Edward and Sophie just looked at us, and they continued to walk by us with their hands like this. And then she said, If we shake your hands, we'll have to shake everyone's hands. (laughs) And I thought, oh my, that's royalty of earth. When royalty of heaven came down to earth, he didn't just walk around with his hands folded. He literally touched people who were in need and showed them love and compassion, picked up children, healed lepers, gave sight to the blind, showed compassion to the poor, and then ultimately he went to the cross of Calvary to lay down His life voluntarily and willingly for sinners, by grace you are saved. There's no other means of salvation, no other way that I could have been saved. It took Christ's death at Calvary. I never deserved it, but Christ died for my sins. And by virtue of what He accomplished at Calvary and His sacrifice for my sins, His precious blood, His finished work, I, a sinner, I've been saved by grace, by grace. Have you been saved? I listened to Corporal Ken Putnam one evening on CBC, just the day after his incident, and he was snowmobiling up in the Canada's rugged north, and uh, it was a beautiful day. Him and his buddy were out in their snowmobiles on patrol, and it was so beautiful. He just got off his snowmobile, and uh, he walked a step, two steps with his camera. He's going to take a picture. And just when he took his third step, he didn't realize that there was a thin layer of ice and below that there was a deep crevice in the glacier. And he stepped and went down and he grabbed the sides of the surface and his hands were starting to slip and he yelled and yelled and yelled for help. He called his buddy, Kirk, 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 get me! And Kirk rushed over and he grabbed that six foot one, 210 pound Corporal Ken Putnam's hands. But as he was losing grip, And he said, don't let me go. And he was thinking of his wife and his two children. And Kirk, all he could think of, how am I going to tell Putnam's wife what happened? Then he slipped away, crashing down in the crevice, down, down, 50 feet, 75 feet, banging against the sides of the ice wall and the glacier, smashed through a thin layer of ice and went down in deeper, knocked off his helmet, knocked out his radio, came to a little ledge. He stood there. He thought, I'm going to become a nice statue. Completely black. No one will ever get me down here. Twelve hours went by. He couldn't move. His shoulder was broken. If he just moved an inch, he could fall down another hundred feet. Finally, the rescue team came. They couldn't rescue him. They tried. And then, Glenn Cubion volunteered. Lower me down, I will go down. And they lowered Glen Cubian down, down. He got to the lair of ice that he just couldn't get through, and he started hacking away. Finally he got through, put the straps around him, and together they were lifted up to the surface. And he thanked the rescue team. You know what he said? A special thank you to Park Warden Glenn Cubian, who came right down to my side. And took me up. I heard him on the radio and I tracked him down and I communicated with the RCMP officer. I said, it reminds me of another story. Do you mind if I write about you? It reminded of me as a helpless sinner. And there was one who volunteered to come all the way down. Right to my side. To save me. By grace you are saved. Through faith. Not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. What do you do with a gift? Just accept it, And that's what God wants you to do with His Son.
0: Yes, a rescue from above. That's what's needed. And isn't it wonderful that there was one who was willing to come where we were to save us from a lost eternity? Put down your works, my friend. All our efforts are only stained with sin, and they will never do. His was the only work that truly pleased God, and opened the gates of heaven for believing sinners. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you are able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gathering Center nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.